Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services, for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Surviving to Thriving. Today I have Haley Helveston. She is a holistic health coach turned sex relationship coach for women, and she's all about empowering women to feel safe in their bodies and connect to their sexuality in a healthy way. She is also the host of the Your Guide to Love podcast. So make sure you guys go and check that out when you're done listening to this episode. Haley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, we. I know we've had tons of talks before, but I'm very excited to get into this topic because I think it's such a huge part of just relationships in general, and especially for women who may be just getting out of an abusive relationship and they don't really know how to restart that whole part of their lives. So before we get into that though, just tell me a little bit about yourself, how you grew up, how you really got into what you did first. So before you were a holistic coach and all of that stuff. So kind of your path and journey to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and I moved to Atlanta after college. And then I, you know, I'm a fashion major, which is so funny because what I'm doing now has nothing to do with it. (laughs) But basically I went in insurance because that's what my family does and which is how I met Amanda. And I realized right away I hated it, but it's such a blessing when you look back because that's how I met my best friend, but I couldn't get a job in fashion at the time. And so long story short, ended up at that, realized what I didn't want. But of course, contrast is such a great thing because you learn, okay, I do and don't like this. And so then I got fired from that job and I ended up going into health coaching because at the time I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. I was on an antidepressant. And so I was bigger than I am now. And so I thought, well, I got to get my health in order. And so I worked at a yoga studio and I got a certification in health school and then I realized that I'm not a health coach. <laughs> you know, this is back in 2018. I worked with a sex coach, which is so funny how we found each other. I, you know, how I don't know how it happens. And one day I was just telling her, I was like, I feel like my business, my business is being like forced. And it's like this. And she was like, yeah, cause you're not a health coach. <laughs> and so I said, yeah, I really don't want to help people with their diet. I want to go really deep with people. And so that's when I started really studying spirituality and sexuality and mindset and quantum physics and psychology and really learning like, why are people doing the things they're doing? Why do people get in the relationships they get into, keep repeating the same patterns? And then that led me to a sexual retreat in 2018. And then long story short, that's how I'm here. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. So um, just my mind like has a mind of its own and you said quantum physics and I immediately went to Ant-Man um, for whatever reason <laughs> but because I went there I'm sure other people are going random places so what does quantum physics have to do with sex therapy or coaching 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So for me, like when I think of quantum physics, I think of Joe Dispenza. You know him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I like a lot of his work in terms of the fact that, you know, it's mindset and there is a version of me out there in a parallel universe that has what I desire. Stepping in and embodying those traits. So that's what I view in terms of quantum physics. Because I think sometimes people get really, like we keep having the same thoughts over and over again and you have to become aware of that because like what, we have 60,000 thoughts today. Most of them are negative. Yeah, so you, people have to change the story in their head, you know? Definitely, I 100% agree with that. And I just wanted to clarify for you know our listeners because I know that I was just like, a lot of times you don't equate sex and quantum physics. So, oh yeah, definitely. Well, you know, sex is related to everything, right? It is. <laughs> <laughs> definitely is. Okay. So 2018, you decided that you don't want to be a health coach anymore. And you know, you, you've spoken to this coach that you met and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, no, this is exactly what I want to do. So how does one become a sex coach in what you're doing? Okay. So there are so many different paths. One thing that I've noticed with people in this industry is, is it kind of chooses you. I mean, I don't think anybody wakes up one day and is like, you know what? I really want to help people in their sex lives. Like that's always been a passion of mine since I was 13. <laughs> no, <laughs> basically I look back, you know, at the time having been on an antidepressant, I couldn't have an orgasm. That's one of the side effects. I did an Instagram story on this yesterday that, I remember going to my psychiatrist and she said, oh, do not even worry. We can put you on another pill to counteract the side effects of that pill. And I'm like, oh, typical answer from a psychiatrist. So I said, no, no. So that kind of led me on the holistic journey. So I think that how you get into it, you get into it by, you know, it kind of finds you. And really there are different certifications I can tell people if those like if the listeners listening, they do actually want to go on the path. I've, there are several people that I follow that are amazing, but I also think it's really determining the fact that like, how deep do you want to go in terms of sexuality and spirituality? And for me, I want to go all the way in, you know, studying Tantra and spirituality. So the path of spirituality that you took, how does that relate to relationships and sex? Because a lot of times people don't equate those two, right? So mm -hmm. it's, you know, in the bedroom, it's one thing and then, you know, go to church and that's where people think mm. of like spirituality. So how do the two combine? Yes. It's so interesting. Cause that's, I remember I dated a guy once and he would always be like, Oh, I would never miss a Sunday service. And then he was so sexually repressed though in his behavior. Yes. How to answer your question. They're very related because when you think about it, we came from sex, right? I guess we're taught very young, like if you're Christian, that sex is this shameful thing. And so for me, I'm always getting the clients that I work with to view sexuality in a healthier way because the worst thing about it is the judgment, you know, and everybody wants a fulfilling sex life with multiple orgasms and a really deeply connected experience. And I think that the more you go into that, the more you realize that it's not separate, it is, you know, in everything. And too, when you think about it, like, you know, it's like, I don't know if I told you this quote when we first talked, but I always go by the quote, who you are in bed is who you are in life. And so for a lot of women, like, say, if you're not speaking up for your desires sexually, you're definitely not going to speak up for your desires at work. 
A hundred percent agree. So a lot of our, as you know, Surviving to Thriving is for mm-hmm. women of domestic violence. And so a lot of our listeners are either in a relationship that is unfulfilling or abusive, or they have just exited a relationship that was unfulfilling or abusive. So how have you ever worked with any of those people or do you know how like what would be your advice to somebody who may be in that type of relationship that is trying to work through those kind of maybe it's just a unfulfilling relationship maybe it's not inherently abusive it's just unfulfilling so how would you work through that aspect of it because I feel like that's a, a huge part of why marriages are unfulfilling Yes, I agree with that. Are you saying in terms of the fact that people not dealing with their past, right? Yes, yeah. Yes, that's a huge one. I actually just emailed a guy last night about that. He's a potential client and they're in a sexless relationship and his wife has past sexual trauma she never dealt with. Like she's not been to any therapist or coach. And so, yeah, I think part of that is acknowledging it and acknowledging that you're not alone. Like there are thousands, if not millions of women that are dealing with what you're dealing with. And same with the men, too, they're listening and that are struggling their sexuality. And so first thing is acknowledging that. And then I would also say is, like, just start discussing and communicating it more. Like, the worst thing about sexual issues is people don't talk about it. Like, for me, when I was going through my problem, I literally remember telling Amanda, I was like, I'm probably the only woman in the world that is never, is not having an orgasm right now. And she was like, you're so dramatic. Because <laughs> obviously, like, I know I'm not now, <laughs> you know. Right. But at the time, I literally felt like I was the only person. So, yeah, no one's alone in this and start communicating it. Definitely. I kind of want to go back and um, kind of into your experience a little bit of what that did to your relationship and how that affected that and what happened after you kind of realized what was going on. Oh, you mean when I was on an antidepressant not having an orgasm? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, so basically at the time I, you know, women we were taught that our pleasure comes from the guy, right? And so at the time I was blaming him. I was like, I don't know what it is with him. We got, you know, I was telling my girlfriends, (laughs) you know? But I also remember too, at the time I was taking a sex course from the sex coach that I told you about. I was taking her course her course is called vaginal kung fu and I remember thinking you know learning more and more about this and then I was like oh wow I have a shut down pussy and and she talks about that you know and so I was like whoa my pussy is very angry you know so I need to figure out what's going on like is there trapped emotions why do I feel so shut off and disconnected from my sexuality so all of that was a huge period of self-discovery and and that's one thing too I want to tell people listening this is a journey and it's a process and it takes, it takes years, you know, I'm still on the journey and learning process of discovering my sexuality. I mean, I'm way long, I'm way further along than I was, you know, cause I'm having orgasms now, but I'm not on antidepressants. I'm not on any pharmaceutical drugs, but I'm still, you know, evolving into that person that has no shame around her sexuality. And that's still something that a lot of people still deal with, no matter how much work you do. Definitely. And a lot of that stems from, you know, the shame that we put on each other, you know, Mm -hmm. of not, and it's, it seems like it's cyclical, right? It's just, it's somebody else is ashamed. So they put that shame on somebody else. And then it's Mm -hmm. not really that you think it's bad. It's just that you don't know how to express 
what you're going through, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's so weird because, you know, now that I'm in this work, I talk to anybody and their mother about what I'm doing. Like I was on a plane uh, in December and I talked to everybody and the guy next to me, I learned about his sex life and we were talking about all this stuff. And I just forget that people don't talk about it. Like even couples do not discuss this. And so for me, it's just spreading education and, and knowledge of, hey, like nothing's off limits and nothing should be off limits. And the more you talk about it, the less shame there will be. Especially, you know, I was on a call earlier and the guy was saying how he wants him and his wife to show affection because he wants to teach his kids that that's healthy and normal and for them to have healthy touch too. Right. Definitely. So for women that may, you know, are coming out of abusive relationships mm -hmm. that did not have a good sex experience in their last relationship, possibly and most likely were either sexually abused or raped. And, you know, you say to work that trauma and work through it. So I guess my question is, so if those women are going through that and going through the, the healing process and figured that out and they're, you know, they have a therapist and they're working through that, what are the next steps to be comfortable in having a sexual relationship with somebody else? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm so glad you brought this up too, because I'm, I'm launching a group program in June and we are going to be discussing this because part of the, part of this, where it starts, number one is boundaries. But I would also say too, is learning what turns you on, right? Like you have to have a healthy relationship with yourself and really healing your sexual relationship with you before you can have that with someone else. So to the women listening that they've had past sexual trauma or abuse or whatever, which is like most women nowadays, sadly but true, um, really acknowledging that and going, okay, so that sexual experience that that happened two years ago, that was messed up. All right, well, let me think about what are the experiences that did happen that I did enjoy. What was different about that? Oh, I was more relaxed. Oh, I felt uh, safe. That's why I say I help women feel safe in their body. Oh, I, the partner listened to me. You know, we didn't, we did enough foreplay where I was turn, turned on enough. Because that's the thing too, is you shouldn't need lube if you, you feel safe in your body and you feel comfortable enough. You know, so all of that is listening to the cues in your body and slowing down if you have to and speaking up to saying, and saying to your partner, hey, listen, we need to slow down. And that's okay. But that all goes with using your throat chakra and really speaking your voice. I know that it's tough for, you know, women in that situation because a lot of times their voice has been taken from them mm -hmm. and it's hard to rebuild that aspect of their life, even not in the bedroom, just in general, being able to just use their voice again. Oh, Heather, this is something that we're all working on. I'm still working on it. Yes, that is a daily thing. If you have to, just start, like, just scream during the day. Like, just start singing songs, like, using your voice. Because, like, women, we have been silenced for, you know, so long, you know, with the patriarchal society that we live in. And so the more and more the women speak up and use their voice, the healthier society is going to be. A hundred percent. I... I... 100% agree with that. And I think that it's, it's, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day where it's just like, it's insane the amount of 
women or like the that we're in 2020 and women are still being oppressed and that we are still kind of you know going through this inability to speak up but we're going through this movement where we can speak up and there's like this battle of what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. and it, yeah. mm-hmm. go ahead no no i agree with you about that yeah 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 mm-hmm. and, yeah mm-hmm. it's just interesting well yeah and listen to this too this is what i deal with a lot sometimes is because of what i'm talking about then i think oh am i being too open am i being too blunt about sexuality is that is that appropriate to discuss and then i think f it people need to be discussing this they're most couples we know are having sexual issues. They're just not talking about it. Yep. And, and like you said earlier, where it's like, they're not, they're not only not talking about it, but to like other people, which, you know, you shouldn't go outside your marriage to mm-hmm. friends and, and things like that. You, but they're not talking about it in their marriage either. So it's this silence that is just coming over everybody. And, and it's interesting because you think like, guys will talk about their sex life all over the place, right? It doesn't matter who's listening. Mm-hmm. They are just open about it and w- willing to talk. And, you know, even as women, we don't even like to talk about it amongst other women, even though it's, it should be a place where you should be able to go open up and talk. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And, you know, hello for fear of being called a slut, right? And so when I first came out and I was having all these issues and I had so much shame that I felt shame in my body. That's the, thank God I went to that retreat in Costa Rica. And I remember that my therapist saying, there's nothing wrong with you because I kept having that belief. And so I think that for a woman, if you enjoy sex, you're not a slut. If you talk about sex, you're not a slut. If you hate sex, who cares? You know, whatever you feel about your sexuality or your body, that's normal. You know, and I think that it's like the whole slut shaming thing is huge. And that still happens. I mean, you know, Heather, when I first started this work, I was getting dick pics. Wow. Yeah. And so now, obviously, I'm not because I've I've kind of niched down. But I do think that, you know, men need as much healing around their sexuality as women do. Yes, 100%. And especially like because... That's just, I can't even process that because somebody felt, you know, vulnerable and comfortable enough to talk about their sex life. That automatically means send me a dick pic. What? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know it literally, well, this was back in 2018 when I started talking about this and, you know, I switched my profile over at the time I called myself a sexuality empowerment coach. Yeah. And I literally remember getting it. I was like, and then I started crying and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't want to either. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm taking a day off. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, that's incredible. That's insane. So I'm jumping back and forth because this is just such an interesting topic to me. And it's just a lot of people are going to, you know, be like, oh, I didn't know we talked about this on this show. So kind of like jumping around trying to think of like what would, you know, what are good questions to ask for the audience, but then also my genuine curiosity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, nothing's off limits. So. I know. I love it. So I kind of want to go back into a little bit of your story. And so it's, you became this coach. Where do you get training for this? 
Okay, so I have gotten training from the coach that I was working with, from her. I've got training from, I've worked with several different sex coaches. I have taken courses. I've read a lot of books on female sexuality. I thought about getting a PhD in sex therapy at one point, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'll just continue getting certifications. But really the best, like education is learning from yourself, you know, because a lot of the like work I'm doing with someone is, oh, okay, well, how does that feel? Like I had a client on Sunday. I don't know if I said this yet on the video. She told me that she had her very first nipple orgasm. And that was like such a big accomplishment because like she hates her breasts. Wow. So this is a huge, this is a big leap y'all. I'm not, you know. And so, yeah, so that, how she learned that from me is me saying, hey, uh, you feel blocked here. Let's go into that. You know, so you can't really... A lot of it's self-discovery and just pushing through the discomfort because a lot of women, you know, they don't even stick their finger inside them. You know, there's so much shame around self-pleasure. You have to just push past the shame and go, okay, I don't like this. Okay. I like this. Why do, why do I not like that? What is that? You know? Right. So with your clients, what do you find is the most or the biggest blocker? Uh, is it usually trauma or is it just kind of like that? self-doubt and you know kind of stemming from probably our early child not early childhood but like our early teenage years of just that self-shaming and, and everything that goes on or is it more of traumas that have happened i would say it's a combination of things it's growing up you know collectively our society is hypersexual, but we're also sexual in the wrong ways right they use marketing to advertise to us but then when we say hey i want to have sex they're like you're such a slut Right. You know, and so I think that for me at an early age, I think people learn to associate that with shame, you know, because think about it, even couples that are married, they still have that, you know, like I've had people say, are we having sex enough? Maybe we don't, you know, there's all sorts of things. So I think it's societal programming. I think it's the lack of education around pleasure because you have education, even though it's crappy, but it doesn't add pleasure to it. And then I also think it's people don't talk about it. Right. Yeah. Do you have a definition for a healthy sex life or? See, that depends on the person too, you know? I think a healthy sex life, like ideally, this is what I always try to, my vision for the world would be, I always say like this living orgasmic life, living in an orgasmic world would be you are turned on to your life, not just in terms of you are wet and turned on to, you know, sex obviously yes but i'm talking about like you're turned on your life like that using that sexual energy i'm so turned on to that but in terms of relationship it's two people coming together expressing their boundaries speaking their truth you know listening to their body right i don't like this i do like this exploring together you know with no shame hey i want to try like i remember i was with a partner once and it was so refreshing this was last year and during this experience he literally was like he was way more experienced than me sexually. And so it was so refreshing to have him at the time because I did some things sexually that I've never done before. And he was like, yeah, let's do whatever. You know, and so he held the space for that. And that's what people need. So a healthy sexual relationship is a couple that comes together and they hold space for each other too. Hey, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. Hey, I've always wanted to do this. That's key. Because what happens is, is people suppress those desires. And you know what happens when they do that? No. Then they marriage. Then they what? They end up cheating or in a second marriage. 
because they say, hey, you know, so-and-so did that thing that I wanted to do with you, but you, you would have shamed me for it. What if you are like just uncomfortable with not necessarily shaming, it's just something that you're just uncomfortable doing and you, you know, you're, maybe your partner is ready to go there. And I'm thinking of like anal, right? A lot of people oh, yeah. are scared to death to do that, but you know, a lot of women are, but then a lot of men are like, but I want, so how do you balance something like that? Yes. And I think that all goes back to, you know, that is so interesting too, because that comes up a lot. I think <laughs> that, okay, we'll explore your beliefs around anal. Why do you not like it? Is it because culturally society has told you that that's wrong? What freaks you out about your butt? You know, there's a lot of tension and like stress in that area of the body. So why do you not like it? You know, maybe stick your finger in there. I don't know. Let's see what happens. <laughs> you know, I think that it's really like, that's one thing that I'm constantly questioning. And maybe just because I'm on this path, it's so different. It's like questioning all these beliefs in society. Sorry, there's a helicopter. No, you're good. Is really questioning like, oh, wow, people have such weird beliefs around anal. Why, why do I feel that way? Yeah, so that's what I would say is like have a conversation with your partner if both one person wants to do anal and the other person doesn't and sit at the dinner table and go, you know, and you laugh together and go, I don't know why we're both freaked out about butts. This is so funny because that kind of lightens the mood. Definitely. And I think that's true for anything because there is a, you know, there is the shameful part of it where, you know, it's like somebody is like, oh, you want to do that? That's weird. Mm -hmm. Versus saying, I'm not comfortable with that. And like, yes, boundaries. And so I feel like that line is maybe you want to explain that line of like, what are your boundaries and how do you stick to those? Well, and still, you know, being there for your partner and allowing them to explore their sexuality. Oh, Okay, I'm glad you brought that up too because I think that that is so key. I'm not telling you guys if your partner wants to have an orgy to say yes. I mean, hello. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, listen to your body, tune in. Oh, wow, I get excited when he says that, but that scares me. Okay, let's do it. Or, oh, you know what? I don't feel comfortable doing anal. So right now at this moment, that's a no for me. In the future, that might be a yes. But right now, that's off the table. That's a great way of saying it. I love it. I, I, yeah, I'm glad that it was kind of reiterated because I think we were, we both knew what we were talking about, but yes. I think that it got muddled in the, you know, boundaries versus exploring your sexuality. So. No, I'm glad you did that too. Cause sometimes I assume people know, but I'm learning that you have to be really clear because I don't want people to think that just because I'm speaking openly about sexuality, that I'm telling people to go have sex with all these different people. No, I'm not saying that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to talk a little bit about how, doing this leads to a more fulfilled life in general, right? Everybody knows that like, you know, the joke is always like, oh, you need to get laid if you're, you know, kind of being stuck up or, or all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the run joke, but there's all obviously some truth to it. If you're not fulfilled sexually, then you're not going to be fulfilled in life. So what does that kind of relationship look like in, in building that aspect of your life? It's a basic part of our health. You know, that's what I think in terms of like looking at it from a basic way. Think of it in terms of the fact that, you know, for me, I look back and I'll never go back on an antidepressant, you know? Think of it in terms of that, you know, for the millions of people that are listening or maybe that are on antidepressants right now, you don't need to be on an antidepressant. Girlfriend, go give yourself an orgasm. You don't even need a guy to do that. Go do it yourself, you know? So really in terms of how does this affect us and why this is important is because it, it gives yourself confidence. 
to empower yourself to, hey, I know my body and I can give myself pleasure. Not relying on a partner, you know? And the, really the self-worth too, you know, of learning to love your body because there's so much body shaming with women too. Yes, 100%. I, I want to get into a little bit of the aspect of porn because I know that that can be a contention in a lot of relationships. And especially it comes up a lot in domestic violence relationships is either the, you know, one partner's watching porn and the other partner disagrees with it and doesn't think, mm-hmm. thinks it's cheating or they're not, they're using, you know, porn instead of actually having a sexual relationship or they use what they see in porn to try mm-hmm. to do that to their significant other. And that's just not something that they like or want to do. And so just, I guess, I don't even know where this question is going, but uh, what is the kind of, how do you view porn in this kind of sexual relationship and marriage and all of that? I'm really glad that you brought that up too, because this came up with this person recently that I started working with. And he told me, he's like, listen, you know, I wouldn't be watching porn if my wife and I were having sex. So I think there's a lot of shame over that. And people don't discuss that either. So I've worked with men in the past that have a major porn addiction. I also think that, yeah, like what you were saying, how they act out what's in it, it's not real life. You know, like I do know some of the feminist porn and that's way better. You know, it's directed by women. It seems more appropriate. Like if you have to watch porn, but yeah, a lot of that is very degrading. It's like way too aggressive. And I think that that's what scares me is when you hear people like doing that. And I also think that for those couples that have issues with it, start discussing like, okay, why is he going to porn instead of having a relationship with me? Is that because, you know, we're not having sex? Is that because I hate my body? Is it because I don't want to have sex with him? You know, maybe you've lost your desire. But yeah, I think that all goes back to opening up the communication and not judging it. Because let's face it too, you and I both know this, that's a huge issue in our society. That's something I'm still trying to figure out how to fix, but I do think that what doesn't help it is judging it. Yeah, 100% agree. So you you mentioned losing that desire. Is that the downfall of a marriage or are there ways to rekindle that? Or is that kind of just like, all right, that's the beginning of the end? You know, it's so interesting because I interviewed someone yesterday who's, who's pro-poly. And he said, well, you know, we're not meant to be monogamous. The solution is opening relationships. And I think that it goes, you know, I personally think that it can work staying in monogamy, but you have to both want to do it. You know, like a lot of couples don't want to do the work. I asked a woman this the other day. I said, you know, you keep saying you don't have time for sex and yet you make time for all this other stuff that's BS. So when you say losing desire, you have to make an effort for that. It's the same thing, like, to be honest, I haven't worked out today. I'm going to, but I don't want to, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I would prefer to just sit on the couch, <laughs> you know? But yeah, I think it all goes back to like, okay, I've lost my desire. Wow, we haven't had sex in months. And the thought of doing it just repulses me. Okay, now instead of judging yourself, how can you ease back into that, right? Maybe you could start um, a breast massage practice. This is, takes two seconds to do that. You know, 10 minutes, maybe in the shower, or like right when you get out of the shower, developing a healthy relationship with your breasts for women, men start to like talk about it with your partner. If you both notice that you're kind of like not 
because this is what I told people too is like you should be in a low simmer if you're not and there's like nothing it's gonna be harder to get back up to the simmery part because you're you're not there you know so think of ways for you to stay there so that then when you do want to have sex it doesn't take 10 years to get there because sex is so much more than just technique it's everything leading up to it 100 percent agree Yes. So for people that have that low simmer, but maybe don't have the desire to continue through that, what are some actionable steps that they can take to work through that? Okay. Develop a healthy relationship with yourself in terms of ladies, self-pleasure, learn your body. What do you like? What do you don't like? I'm personally not for vibrators because I think women get addicted to them. So I'm pro dildos. So I can tell you the company of a crystal dildo a wand, which is really cool, rose quartz. And yeah, they can use that. And then you can, you know, do breast massage. Just start dancing, getting more in your feminine. Like this is such a feminine fun top that I'm wearing. Get more into your feminine side and that'll help you be more sexual. Because that's the problem too that I've noticed with women. We're so hyper-masculine. The, of course, girlfriend, you don't want to have sex. You're dry is a, you know what, down there, <laughs> you know, she's <laughs> like, Ugh. instead of like wet and flowing, and then she just wants to open, <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh, I love it. Okay. So what, you know, we've talked about all of these different scenarios and all of this. What is the first thing, like, you realize that you don't have all of, you know, all of this going on in your life and, and and it's not fulfilling you, but you're terrified to take that first step. Like what is that moment or that thing that they, that somebody should think about doing or, or needs to do to get over that shame or that fear of even opening up that conversation? I would say do it. It'll change your life. And then I would show them my before and after picture because I was three sizes bigger than I am now. I look totally different on pharmaceutical drugs in the first picture. This is the area people don't want to do right? People go to health coaches before they go to me now. Like that, I had a client tell me that. She's like, man, you know, you're my last. And I said, I know. But I think that this is the area people should be focusing on because it affects every area. You know, it doesn't matter whether you go to mindset coach or health coach or you get super fit, your vagina's dry and she's angry. You haven't had sex in months. So that's great. You have a fit body, but you're depleted. So I think that this is this is the area that can fuel your life, you know, your sexual energy. It's the energy that creates life. So really viewing it in a better, in a healthier way, not just, that's the problem too. People compartmentalize it. Oh, this is, it's over there. Well, it affects every area. You might as well just, you know. So, and think about it too, is the more well-fucked you are, the more money you make. Yeah. So what is... So you, you talk about sexual energy and it's clearly not just in the bedroom, but what does it mean to have sexual energy in your job? Because a lot of people are going to be confused about like, well, that's, you know, weird for me to have sexual energy in front of my boss, you know, where, you know, that correlation in our mind, just, I just want you to explain that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up too. Okay. So basically, you know, sexual energy is the energy that creates life, right? Maybe. Okay. You can use that same energy and burst something into the world. Like I'm about to birth a group program. I have birth workshops. So 
basically what you do, it's called sex magic, where you literally are visualizing what you want to create in the world. Right before you have an orgasm, you think of that. Or you don't even have to do it during self-pleasure. Just think about it. Like when you get kind of turned on, you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Ah, oh, wow. Like that's the sexual energy, right? Like I am, so, like I was really excited before this call. That's the energy. So stay with that energy and create something. Because we're so used to going to other things to fulfill that joy and the playfulness when really everything we seek is within us. Definitely. Um, so what is, when you first get a client in, what is maybe one of, one of the first things, like a homework assignment that you give them that maybe the listeners would be able to kind of comprehend how to begin this journey? Mm -hmm. And all goes back to what we were saying earlier. Just start talking about it. That's super simple, but it's hard because I've noticed that people don't want to do it. If, yeah. Especially if you have a relationship where there's a lot of shame around your sexuality and you don't want to talk about it. Do it. Because I've noticed that when they do start talking about it, then it's like, oh, well, I've always wanted to do that too. <laughs> Let's do it. You know, because I noticed that people have similar fantasies and people want to explore. No one wants vanilla boring sex and people want that deep spiritual, emotional, sexual connection. And then that's, it just, it's so much better when you start talking about it more. What is the response that you're seeing from your clients and what is the typical like time period for, you know, seeing progress in this type of thing? You know, it really depends because people have years and years worth of programming and trauma and shame and all beliefs. Uh, I normally work with people for three months. Sometimes they go longer, but I think that it's three months is a good start. And if you do daily work and daily practices, that really helps. You can see results in a month. It, it really all depends on what are you willing to let go of, right? Yeah. And, and it, oh, and ooh, I just started this. How much pleasure are you willing to let yourself receive? <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Because especially for women, I'm like, how much pleasure are you allowing yourself to receive? We, we talked about this on a call last night where we put a cap on our pleasure or we only give and never receive. That affects every area of your life. If you're give, 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 you're over giver and then you never receive. It's like the universe is trying to give to you and you will not let it. Yeah. And that includes sex. 100% agree. So you talked a little bit about your workshops and a little bit of the different things that you do. So going into your business, what, what do you do for clients and what are your workshops and, and things like that? Okay. Well, you know, currently since everything going on at the moment, I'm not doing workshops because I don't want to do those online and I prefer to do them in person because I have people do, you know, practices and you can't eye gaze through Zoom, right. <laughs> you know? So at the current moment, I'm doing one-to-one -one coaching for my three-month program. And then I'm also about to be start uh, promoting my group program. And then that starts in June. Nice. That's exciting. So what is group coaching and what's it like? Because that sounds a little scary for some people to go and talk about their sexuality in front of a group. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to talk about it to your partner. So what's the group coaching like? You know, I've found, I've actually been in groups of this where they talk about sexuality with other women. I found that women with other women, it's, it's like a forming a sisterhood. So I think that it is, I'm thinking it'll be five or six weeks. And it's really just all about improving your relationship with your body, your sexuality, becoming an orgasmic, empowered, confident woman. 
And all of that starts with your relationship with yourself, not with your partner. Because think about it. This is what I've noticed too. The more you're feeling yourself, the more he'll feel you, right? I remember days when I'm like, oh, Emily, I look really good. So I live with my sister mm -hmm. and I'm just like dancing around the house. That's me. That all came from me. No one else, you know? So that's like the group program for me is building the sisterhood, building the community, and then helping those women tap into that energy. Definitely. And then I also want to go into your podcast a little bit. What do you talk about on there? Okay. So nothing's off limits. And it is your guide to love podcast it's on iTunes, SoundCloud at the moment. And then I really talk about sexuality, spirituality, and health. And it's just so fun. You know, like I interview, I'm going to be interviewing you. I interview sex coaches, um, a sex worker, uh, health coaches, fitness coaches, spiritual coaches, like nothing's off limits. And I really want it to be this mesh of, really realizing that health, sexuality, spirituality are all one, you know, and they're all related. And so it's a really fun, like the one yesterday, I always love hearing different points of view. So that guy saying, well, you know, we're meant to be now monogamous and then hearing his point of view. It's just fascinating. Definitely. Well, if people enjoyed this conversation, they definitely need to go over and listen to your podcast for sure. So wrapping up, we've got a few questions that we ask everybody that comes on the show. And the first one is kind of already answered a little bit, but what are you doing moving forward? What are your goals for the next year? Okay, so I'm planning a retreat in Mexico. Now, obviously that's up in the air with when, when it's gonna be because of, you know, <laughs> hello, uh, the virus. So it, that's with another sex coach, planning on that and planning it in May. And hopefully that will be most likely either in late of this year or that will be in 2021. I'm currently, I'll probably always do one-to-one -one at the moment. So I'm doing my one-to-one -one coaching and then promoting my group program in June. So it's very exciting. And then of course, grow my podcast as I love doing those too. Nice. What would the new you say to the old you? Mm. There's nothing wrong with you. I would say to love your body now and then continue to love it as it evolves because you know, women especially, we're like, oh, I will love myself when I'm this size. And then you get that size and you still hate your body, you know? So yeah, always love your body and then continue to speak love on it because our body hears everywhere we say it. Definitely. I like that. And then what can you recommend um, to our listeners that maybe helped you through a tough time that can help them through a tough time? Everything is mental. Your inner world reflects your outer world. I like that a lot. And then finally, is there a book, podcast, ebook, or something that you recommend as well? Ooh, Aubrey Marcus, he's really good. He talks about similar topics that I talk about in terms of spirituality, sexuality, nothing's off limits. He actually did a retreat that was completely dark. It was very interesting hearing him talking about that. Uh, I would say Aubrey Marcus, then I would also say... Manifestation, babe, is good for manifestation. Nice. But again, everything is mindset, so. Yeah, 100% agree. And then how can our listeners reach you if they want to hear more about you? Yes, I'm most active on IG. So look me up on Instagram, Haley.Helveston. But I'm also on Facebook, YouTube. I'm on it all. So you can find me wherever. Awesome. I love it. Well, Haley, thank you for coming on and sharing your awesome knowledge with our listeners. 
Thank you so much. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O, thriving, A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.